Coming up on podcast 1636, Volkswagen confirmed. 20 grand entry-level EVs are coming. Stick around. I'll tell you more. Also on the show today, Trimotor Tycon, ENIAC Coupe VRS, and a spicy VWID buzz. Those stories and a lot more coming up today. Stick around. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are in the world, it's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Thursday, 27th of October. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story, so you don't have to. The podcast this month, sponsored by And Charge, the new app where you can report what charging stations are looking like, good or bad. This week, they have a high-level reward on Ionity stations. If you answer five quick questions about the location you're at, you get some rewards. You can exchange those for £5 of Amazon credits or even £5 at Octopus Electric Universe to spend on real-life charging just for taking the challenge. So download the Charge app now. Hyundai's Arnic 6 uh, has got a couple of bits of news to tell you about. Got some pricing news in a second. First of all, though, a reminder of the WLTP range and efficiency ratings for the follow-up to the Arnic 5, the entry-level rear-wheel drive version, small battery. So that's going to be the most cost-effective one you can buy. Don't know the price of all the versions, but that'll do 267 miles or 430 kilometers. Go for the big battery, and if you can, you should. 77.4 kilowatt hours. Again, rear-wheel drive, the 18-inch wheels, that's going to max you out on range. You are knocking on the door of 400 miles of range. 382 is the exact number. Uh, 614 kilometers. Go for the big wheels, and the range is affected by 11%. Just on going for the fancy pants wheels that look pretty cool, but really give you a worse ride and actually knock 11% range off down to 339 miles. If you want to get the bells and whistles version, big battery, dual motor, all-wheel drive, big wheels, uh, you're down to 323 miles or 519 kilometres. Uh, they've added some active, what they call active air flap wheel air curtains. All right. Uh, integrated rear spoiler, wheel gap reducers, and that all helps to get great efficiency. And they've actually improved on the hardware under the skin of the Arnic 5 and the Kia EV6. So they haven't just bolted the same... Uh, underpinnings. They've actually made some improvements, I think, to thermal management, uh, also to conditioning the battery before you charge it on a DC fast charger, but that is looking like an 80% charge in 18 minutes. 80% in 18 minutes, and hopefully it hasn't got to be such optimal conditions like the the 5 and the Kia EV6. Pricing-wise, uh, the first 2,500 units coming to the European markets, so Germany, UK, France, Norway, Netherlands, starting at £55,000. So more expensive than I thought it was going to be, but that is for what they call the first edition. So Arnic 6, first edition, big battery, all-wheel drive, bells and whistles, fifty-five grand. There, of course, will be cheaper versions, but only 2,500 versions of it are coming to Europe, not just per country. Uh, November 9th is going to be the online event where you can pop your deposit down and get that. They will announce pricing soon for the premium trim and uh, the, sort of the rear-wheel drive and stuff. Now, Skoda ENIAC Coupe IV has got a VRS version, so let's unpick that. Uh, ENIAC is their version of the ID4, or the ENIAC IV. Uh, the Coupe version is the bit with the rear cutoff, if you like, a bit like the ID5. And then the VRS version is Skoda Talk for what VW would call... Uh, maybe the R badge in petrol world, or that would be the GTX badge in electric world. So, 
Uh, is it any good? Auto Express magazine, uh, which I love to get through the post weekly. Um, that and Auto Car and What Car, which is monthly, and Top Gear, which uh, maybe I have too many magazines. It's possible. Um, Auto Express magazine saying. It doesn't really work. It's too big, it's too heavy, and it doesn't really deliver involvement for what is a VRS. What you want is the hot version. It's fast, it is expensive, but it's not the best, they say. Uh, The model chosen to introduce the all-electric VRS badge is the sportier body style, the coupe version of the ENIAC SUV, where the back tapers down. If you prefer the conventional shape, you will get a VRS version of that next year. Uh, The ENIAC Coupe, IV, VRS, mouthful, um, has a lot in common with the ID4 GTX, the ID5 GTX, uh, twin motors, one on each axle, 300 horsepower. It's lowered a bit by 15 millimeters, and it's got the big battery, 82 kilowatt hours, 77 usable. And the first ones cost 52,000 pounds. Holy bazookas. That is more than a Volkswagen equivalent, by the way. When did Skoda stop being the cheaper, nasty bit uh, that was the cheaper version? I mean, Volkswagen, under its ownership, VW Group, have really turned it around. And now, it's now it's the premium, which confuses me. Uh, so, if you want to get the uh, GTX Max version of the ID4, ID5, what am I thinking? Um, then that will be more expensive, which could be an equivalent spec, so argue that amongst yourselves. Porsche will make a tri-motor Taycan to compete with the Model S Plaid. They brought it to the Nürburgring and beat Tesla's time around it. They use the performance kits on it, only available in Germany at the moment. Uh, now a new report saying that Porsche is testing the Taycan with a tri-motor config- configuration. You can get the entry-level rear-wheel drive. You can get the dual motor, obviously. And now you can get the tri-motor variant. That might even supersede the Turbo S, according to Electrek.co. Um, definitely an increase in price as well. Uh, the Turbo S is on sale for 142000 of your British pounds. And so maybe a bit more than that. But a tri-motor Taycan is going to be an absolute beast. Now, headline story, Volkswagen say that a crossover version of the ID3 is on the way because, of course, everything needs a crossover version. My wife liked the ID3 when we had that. I think we had the ID3 Pro and she enjoyed it, but we had two Golfs before that in Petrol World and she was like, well, I just prefer something a little bit more crossovery these days and so that's what volkswagen are going to bring a crossover version of the id3 the ceo thomas schaefer confirmed that the company is working hard to develop additional suv compact suvs based on the id3 he told autocar it would look different when it arrives it'll arrive in 2026 rather than what he called the russian doll approach to styling and he confirmed volkswagen will introduce two versions of an entry-level ev Around 20 grand, small car, and a sporty crossover variant of that small car. The MEB platform will bow out. It'll be replaced by a new architecture. They're calling it SSP. stands for Scalable Systems Platform. And everything from the Volkswagen Group will be on that, apart from the spicy Porsches and Audis. Everything else will be on. Anything, Anything volume will be on that one platform. Very, very useful to go from small car to, you know, like big van. Talking of which, ID Buzz, big van, would love that. I priced one on the configurator the other day because, I've you know, there was the first edition, I think, or whatever it was, which was okay, like 60 grand. I priced the ID Buzz 
and you know, added the seat pack because the, you want that, and I added the driver assist pack because you want that, and I added the ease of entry pack because it gives you the electric boot and the electric sliding doors. And I didn't even do the dual colour. I did, like, a single matte colour on the outside. It's a spec that I would have for the ID Buzz. £69,000. Let's call it 70. we We're all friends here, right? £70,000 for the Buzz. Wow. Some, someone's paying that. Somebody will pay it. It's gorgeous. But, wow. Now, there is going to be a spicy version. Oh, it's going to be the GTX. And it was in a presentation by Volkswagen Commercial Vehicles, because actually if you buy the Buzz here, you get it from VW Commercial, not VW Cars. And in a presentation deck they put out on the internet, uh, they let slip, the GTX is coming. Uh, It will follow the likes of the ID4, the ID5, getting GTX versions, dual motor, uh, you would think, all-wheel drive. Those cars have 300 horsepower, like I mentioned. Um, But what do you need? A hot version of the ID Buzz? I mean, I suppose so. It seems a little bit weird, like almost like a spec that's not needed. Um, the long wheelbase version, by the way, that's coming to the US, I don't think I've ever confirmed this to you on the podcast. Maybe you know. It gets a bigger battery pack. And I, I, I had asked the question a long time ago, but couldn't get a definitive answer. Well, I have now. Long wheelbase version, which is the US version, gets the 111 kilowatt hour battery pack. We'll see if it still charges around 200 kilowatts, which the uh, the smaller battery pack does. Volkswagen is only going to introduce electric cars from 2033. In the same interview, uh, Mr. Schaefer said that in the coming decade, VW brand, not the group, the VW brand, uh, would firstly narrow the amount of cars they have on the, the models. Too many models, he said. Uh, that raises the profit margin, and they will increase margins for all Volkswagen, Seat, Skoda, and commercial vehicle brands. He said that by 2033, the VW brand will only make full electric cars. It's such a line in the sand. It's such a big moment. If I'd have delivered that headline two years ago on this podcast, it just would have been almost unbelievable. But it kind of seems right now. In 10 years' time, VW will not touch a piston engine again. Premium brands like Audi and Porsche have done really well recently, uh, boosting the revenue for the group. Audi up 51% on operating profit. Porsche up 22% on the same time last year. VW brand itself will, they say uh, in this interview with Mr. Schaefer, concentrate on a um, single model per factory. And it's all about, he says, platform thinking. There's been a change of management at VW, a a fresh broom, if you like, and they will have one factory, one model, high profit margins, and not try to throw as much as they can down the production line. Really, really interesting. Standard battery chemistry, and that's how they get to all those cost savings and ultimately a £20,000 smaller compact car. Coming up on the podcast soon, we'll talk Rivian saying sorry for the recalls and Volvo making batteries. But where? I'll tell you. Let's talk trucks. We're finally getting to see the electric Ram 1500 prototypes and now spy shots on autoblog.com. Show it driving around. Independent rear suspension with coil springs, so pretty much all-American full-size electric pickups. Abandoning a solid rear axle. Uh, They say we see side sill extensions hiding the battery under the floor. Front fenders are covered in camouflage. Wonder why. Could be where the charging door is trying to hide that off, possibly. Gets revealed in November, by the way, at the LA Auto Show on the STLA frame platform with 118 kilowatt hours worth of batteries. They say up to 500 miles, depending on what car or truck you put that in. 
Rivian says, we're sorry for the recalls, but we're doing well. Um, in a kind of uh, sorry, not sorry moment, uh, RJ Scarringe, the CEO, uh, says he prides himself on dealing with hiccups in the manner that they do. He said in an interview with TechCrunch, using the recent recall of Rivian's as an example, they've had a potentially loose steering knuckle fastener. I quote, we made a decision on Friday afternoon to make the move. And by Friday evening, the repairs were underway and we worked through a significant majority of the vehicles in 10 days. End quote. Well, the actual fix, uh, which you might have seen online, uh, my buddies Kyle Connor from Out of Spec, Tom Malogny from State of Charge YouTube channel, um, they've both got Rivians. Um, you literally spin the wheel all the way one way and the Rivian tech tightens up. Uh, there is a, a bolt that needs or a nut that needs to be up uh, increasing torque to 100 and something 130 torque or something and uh up from sort of 80 or 90 spin the wheel to the full lock the other way uh, they walk around they tighten that one and you're good to go it's just that it, it wasn't talked enough in the factory and it takes maybe two to three minutes possibly um, he said that rivian was able to move more quickly to fix this issue and they patted themselves on the back rather than saying well we screwed up they went hey we did really well we had a problem and we fixed it uh, volvo are going to make batteries in belgium the truck plant ghent will make battery modules for commercial vehicles the investment to install battery capacity in ghent is an important step volvo says to shape their future supply chain for their commercial vehicles using battery cells from partners and from their own swedish cell plant that's planned the truck assembly happens in sweden in gothenburg already building heavy-duty electric trucks there. The battery packs needed to power these vehicles are currently built in the Ghent plant, uh, which will increase its capacity over the next decade. Talking of batteries, LG say that their most important market is the United States, as they reported record revenues for the third quarter of this year. They earned $367 million profit for the three months on about $5.5 billion of revenue. Revenues were the highest ever recorded for LG Energy, uh, representing a big increase. And LG saying that their previous quarter, uh, in the previous quarter, they'd started building production capacity in the United States. They want to put 45% of their footprint in North America by 2025 and saying it's the most important market. That would be because of the Inflation Reduction Act, which requires batteries, uh, vehicles built there, batteries built there, and the material sourced from, um, let's say, friendly countries not China. Um, the company said that 260 gigawatt hours of annual production capacity has been secured, uh, which is 70% of their order backlog. Talking batteries, the Chinese company Gaussian, their Goshen, backed by Volkswagen, they're investing 1.6 billion dollars in two new battery projects to expand their battery capacity. It's in China, by the way. The first one's going to be ternary uh, lithium-ion batteries. Uh, the second one, that's, that's going to be ready in 16 months from scratch. Uh, the second facility in Guangxi uh, area is about uh, LFP cells, and that'll be ready in 13 months. They do not hang around in China. CATL, uh, along with the Chinese-French joint venture Dongfeng Peugeot Citroen, uh, they're going to use CATL's battery swapping technology. This is really interesting because one of the arguments about battery swapping is it would work if everyone used the same format, dimensions, connector. But who's going to do that? 
Well, CATL said, we're going to invent battery swapping and anyone is welcome to use our batteries. And I think lots of people said to me, well, no one's going to do that. Everyone wants their own toys in their own playpen. Well, the Chinese joint venture, Peugeot, Citroën, Dongfeng, says, oh, no, no, we'll sign up to that. So they're going to use CATL's battery swapping technology. And the more companies that do this, the more likely you are, whatever brand of car you have, it will be compatible with CATL's battery swap stations. There's probably going to be a couple of formats, a bit like, I don't know, back in the old days of telly, there was PAL and NTSC. It doesn't really matter these days in, in HD land. But, you know, back in the old days, if you bought a DVD from the internet, you had to make sure you get it in the right region or right format because it wouldn't work in your DVD player. It'll be about, I think there'll be like two or three formats of battery swapping. CATL's one, uh, they said, has uh, signed up more companies to use their own battery swapping units. It'll be targeted at urban taxis and ride-hailing markets. Now, finally, football fans in Wales are going to drive to the Qatar World Cup in an EV. It's 5,000 miles. They're going to drive there uh, from Wales to Qatar in the new MG4 which is the new long-range, I would say very, very value-driven car from MG. It's their their golf-sized car, their ID3-sized car. They're going to drive through France, Belgium, Netherlands, Germany, Switzerland, Italy, Austria, Slovenia, and Croatia. They'll get to Greece. They'll get on a ferry. That ferry will take them to Athens, um, from Athens to Israel, rather. Uh, then they will pass through Jordan and Saudi and get to Qatar in November uh, the 18th. 22 days of travel, all electric, in the MG4. Um, I don't know why they're doing it. I presumed it was to raise money or awareness or a charity. And I can't find that. But either way, uh, very, very cool. They will also stop at UEFA's HQ in Geneva on the way. And that's your podcast. Uh, Thank you for listening. Premium partners of the show, always good to give you a mention. Uh, That'll be Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland, and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley from the EV Review Island YouTube channel, Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK, Octopus Electric Universe, they make global public charging simple. They use one app and one app, get on board it's brilliant and milbrookcottages.co.uk in devon a five-star luxury cottages hey it's a treat i'll admit that but you deserve a treat you deserve to get away before christmas maybe after uh, refresh you can even jump in the hot tub and charge your ev on their ev chargers have a good and see you tomorrow and remember there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid